the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Ready to talk about must-win matchups on defense. 49ers have some matchups they need to win. They're going to be able to defeat the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks just got a lot going against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football. They're coming off a mini-buy. They've had a lot of time to prepare for the 49ers. They saw what the 49ers did to them on Thanksgiving night. And now they can make their adjustments. Were they surprised by Charverius Ward going ahead and traveling with DK Metcalf, potentially? Uh, were they missing one of their best players in Kenneth Walker? Yes. Is Walker going to be back? Who knows, right? He's running around in practice, according to Pete Carroll. They have to get him through the week healthy for him to be able to play. As of right now, we're just going to prepare like Kenneth Walker is playing in this football game. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Kenneth Walker, the matchup of him. Uh, being against some of the 49ers defensive studs. But I like getting into these matchups because you find clear and defined ways that each team tries to win, the matchups they can take advantage of. And in this case, we're looking from the 49ers' perspective at matchups they must win on defense to slow down a Seattle's op- Seattle Seahawks offense. Let's, let's just be honest, is up and down. And a lot of it goes into the fact that they haven't established a steady run game the entire season. Could that be because Kenneth Walker has been in and out of the lineup? He's been dealing with an oblique injury, and they've been turned to rookie Zach Charbonnet? Yes. Could it also be that they've had offensive line issues with uh, injuries to Abe Lucas? Yes. So there's been a lot of changeover for the Seattle Seahawks from week to week. Now's the time where they have to get it done. Their back is against the wall. They're 6-6. Six and six. They must defeat the San Francisco 49ers. They must defeat the Philadelphia Eagles the next week to have opportunity to get into the playoffs. When you're sitting at the ninth seed and you're looking up and there's teams ahead of you that have a lot easier schedules, you need to make the move now. You need to make something happen right now. So they're going to be ready and willing to go after it. So in this episode, we're going to get all into the matchups that the 49ers must win on defense. There's a lot of good matchups in this in this game, a lot of good matchups. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online, your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With the up-to-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with, mo- with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And this game, as far as stopping the Seattle Seahawks offense, is going to start with stopping their run game, and that should be a little bit easier normally, right? I mean, when they came into the game. At Thanksgiving, they weren't really concerned with stopping Zach Charbonnet. They didn't feel like he could get a lot done on them, and and they were correct. They slowed down Charbonnet, and really Geno Smith's legs is scrambling away from the pocket 
was the real advantage that the Seahawks ended up employing in the run game. But with Kenneth Walker a potential for this football game, the 49ers have a unique matchup. You have Fred Warner and you have Dre Greenlaw, and they've got to limit the effectiveness of Kenneth Walker. He's absolutely explosive on the ground. He's got really good vision, and he can break tackles and make things happen. But the dynamic ability to be able to uh, get going with some acceleration that puts him out in the open field is something a lot of linebackers in this league just can't deal with. But when you've got Fred Warner and you've got Trey Greenlaw, you're equipped with linebackers who are sideline to sideline guys. That means they can run with you. He's got the potential to be able to cut him off when he's running to the outside. But Walker is an animal all his own. The combination of speed, power, vision, and the ability to catch the ball in the backfield makes him a unique matchup that you don't see a lot of times around the league. Right? Usually you get a running back that's pretty good at one thing or the other. That's why Christian McCaffrey is so dynamic. He's so good on the ground, yet is very equipped to handle the pass game. In fact, I think he's the best pass-catching running back in the entire league. Look over at Kenny, Kenneth Walker, and he's got some ability there. It's not the traditional way that Christian McCaffrey gets it done where he can run every route in the route tree. What Kenneth Walker does is catch a check down out in the flat and make something happen in the open field. Catch a screen, a screen pass and take it to the house. Those are the things that he does really well. So an improvement in the run game could spark something for Seattle in this offense. That could open up some opportunities down the field to be able to take whole shots to DK Metcalf or Jackson Smith in Jigba. Those are possibilities. So the 49ers need to come in just like they do every single game and slow up that run game. And it's going to come down to Dre and Fred because the 49ers defensive line has done such a great job of occupying blockers and creating lanes for those linebackers to go free runners into the hole and make the tackle. And so far this season, Fred and Dre haven't missed. They've been spectacular. Had a couple of games, maybe there were some up and down things because Dre was hurt. He's not hurt. He's healthy. Fred is playing at an all-time high. So these guys are well-equipped and ready to handle this matchup with Kenneth Walker. And they have to make sure they do. Because if Seattle gets the run game going, I think this game could be a lot closer than it really should be. Because then they're going to be able to stay on the field. They're going to be able to somewhat wear the 49ers defensive defense down. And right now, the 49ers are going to have a smaller rotation on the interior defensive line. You normally have Eric Armstead, who's one of the best run stoppers in the league, to go along with Hargrave. So then when you rotate, it's Givens, and it's Kinlaw, and you're still stout. Well, now it's going to be Kalia Davis. And Kalia Davis is going to be just fine, but he has to make sure he keeps offensive linemen occupied and off of Fred and Dre. And when Oren Burks is in the game, he's got to be good in the run. When it's nickel package, it's got to be Diomero Lenore. They've got to make sure they play really tough and don't allow Kenneth Walker to get outside. What does that mean for Nick Bosa and Chase Young? Got to set the edge, and you got to set a good edge. We've seen last year in the playoffs, Kenneth Walker run one to the left side, see the edge was uh, falling down, and bounce outside and outrun Dre Greenlaw to the end zone. So definitely something the San Francisco 49ers need to pay attention to. They need to be on this, and Dre and Fred need to make sure they occupy him. I think both of them can handle him in the passing game. I think both of them can tackle him at the point of attack. I think this is a matchup that the 49ers can and should win. It's just a matchup that is a must-win matchup because if you lose it, it changes everything about this football game. Let's talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. First-round first pick, right? very talented player. 
for the Seattle Seahawks, and we've seen him make just a spectacular catch on Thanksgiving. He runs an out and up, gets behind Yama Lenore, and catches a one-handed uh, catch that was really brilliant. Um, it, it just shows his ability and why he was a first-round pick. With Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's interesting because he's a big slot receiver. Uh, he's you know, 210, 215 pounds, but he runs like a running back, so he's very talented with the ball in his hands in the open field. Fournier did a really good job of hemming him up in the Thanksgiving game. Yamato Lenore only got beat on that out and up uh, one time, and really, I mean, it took a great throw from Geno Smith and an even better catch to make it happen from Jackson Smith and Jigba. But Yamato Lenore, if he's put in those man situations, that's going to be a tough matchup as far as those type of plays. Lot fades, out and ups, those sort of things are difficult. Now, if the Fournier's defensive line can get home and cut down the time, then potentially you don't have to worry about those plays. But I think that's an interesting matchup. I think Diameter Lenore has played really well this season. When he plays in the nickel, uh, it's definitely a lot tougher than him playing on the outside. Him on the outside, it's lights out. The hyena is one of the best. But when he plays on the inside, it definitely is more difficult. And they ask a lot of Diameter Lenore. Not only do you have to play like a linebacker when it comes to the run game, but in the passing game, you've got to be able to cover in zone. You've got to be able to cover in man. You've got to be a great blitzer. There's a lot that they ask of the nickel corner. The reason that this matchup is must win is because you're going to have so much attention focused to DK Metcalf with Charvarius Ward. You have to make sure that Diamond Lenore can handle who's in the nickel. And I think they're going to or handle who's in the slot. I think they're going to try to uh, put Jackson Smith and Jigba in there more than they did in the Thanksgiving game. Let, they tried to move Tyler Lockett in there, but Lockett's not as effective with the ball in his hand in the open field. Smith and Jigba is. He can make things happen. I think they're going to try to attack Yammer Lenore and also Jair Brown with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Try to get him vertical. Try to get him on corner routes. Uh, but try to get him open and use some rub plays to create separation so that way they can get the ball in his hands and make something happen. Because... If the 49ers are able to slow up DK Metcalf again with Charvarius Ward, that's going to make it very difficult for them to move the football. Tyler Lockett was pretty ineffective on Thanksgiving. Besides the one catch, Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't really do a whole lot. The 49ers limited the effectiveness of the supporting cast while limiting the effectiveness of DK Metcalf. So Diomar Lenore one-on-one with Jigba is going to be interesting. Now, Diomar Lenore is very well equipped for this. He's good at going in and out. Uh, he plays his coverage pretty well. He uses his leverage. He uses his hands and his body. He's definitely got the ability to be able to go in there and battle this out. But this one could be fun. I mean, this might be ding, ding, uh, one of these main event type situations where these two guys line up and go at it. And it's it's going to be a cool matchup. And I think Diamond Lenore can hang with Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I think the pass rush is going to be really significant. But this is one of those matchups that definitely has to be highlighted because the 49ers needed to win. If Jackson Smith and Jigba starts getting things going, it could fluctuate the entire defensive scheme. Then all of a sudden you're having to give Yamano Lenore some help, maybe to the middle. Uh, then you're taking a safety away from potentially helping Ambry Thomas. Or you have to take a linebacker and have him cup, cut underneath, and it creates an a avenue over the middle of the field. It's just continual once that doesn't happen. So making sure the 49ers are able to handle these matchups, I think are going to be okay. I look for Diamond Lenore to get physical with Jackson Smith and Jigba and try to move him off his point and just try to pester him all day. 
I think that's going to be the key for the 49ers. It's just constant pressure on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Make him earn every single thing he gets. And don't allow those big plays down the field. I think it was pretty good coverage. It was just a great catch. Uh, but those have been a bugaboo for the 49ers defense in the past. The slot fades and deep plays out of the slot because there's so much room. When you start from inside, you have a lot of room to be able to fade away to. And that's a lot of ground for a nickel corner to be able to cover. So it's going to be important for the 49ers defensive line to get that pressure and help out Diameter Lenore. Uh, please like and subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate it. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. So let's talk about another position that really the 49ers have neutralized all season, and that's tight end. The Seattle Seahawks have Noah Fant, and Noah Fant didn't really have a lot of uh, you know, good plays against the 49ers on Thanksgiving. There wasn't a lot of success for Noah Fant in that game, and a big reason why is Deshaun Gibson. And why is this matchup significant in this one? Because you have Jair Brown. And we know the 49ers have been somewhat moving Jair Brown around, but a lot of times leaving him in the deep third. That means it puts the onus on Tayshawn Gibson to go out there and handle the tight end. And before him and Talano Hufanga would switch off from time to time on who handled the tight end, but it has been Gibson's role this year. And he's done a very good job. He's went against the who's who's of tight ends, and he's came out on the other end very successful. But it's very important in this game because there's going to be opportunities for Seattle to try to go to the middle of the field. When you've got linebackers that have to worry about Kenneth Walker in space and they have to go out and help in screens on the outside, then you have the middle of the field where you have to worry about. Plus, when you go to man coverage, it's going to be Tashawn Gibson's job to go out there and be right on top of Noah Fant. So this is going to be a big matchup. You can't put the rookie in that type of situation and Jair Brown, where he's one-on-one -on -one in coverage, not yet. Uh, down the road, potentially. He's got the ability. He's got the physicality. He's got the size. But right now, it's got to be Deshaun Gibson. And Gibson right now is a veteran of that secondary. He puts everyone in the right positions. He had to take over as the captain of that secondary when Talano Hufanga went down. So he's got to make sure he handles business. And I think he can. But I look for Geno Smith to try to find Jackson Smith and Jigba and Noah Fant over the middle of the field because there's going to be so much pressure on the outside with DK Metcalf, Edge Harvarius Ward going at it. And that's going to be an absolute battle on the outside as well. Uh, those, those two guys are going to go crazy, and I'm going to talk about that matchup here in a second. But just having Tashawn Gibson taking away Noah Fant over the middle of the field and just preventing him from getting deep. Because if you listen to the channel consistently, you know I've had some concerns this week about Jair Brown because I've seen him get beat by the tight end twice last week. And those were both times where he came up really hard, just like he did in his first time that he played against Tampa Bay. Came running up on a route, and that guy ran right by him. And that's what happened in this matchup as well. This time, Galen Hurts did not find the tight end. He wasn't looking for him. It was the first play of the game. But if it would have been somebody else, if it would have been Dallas Goddard, he might have looked for him, and it could have been a big touchdown. So Jair Brown is going to continue to develop. He's going to continue to get better. You expect these kinds of mistakes. But what you don't want to do is consistently put him in situations where he can make mistakes. So the onus is going to be on Tashawn Gibson in this game. He's going to have to make sure he goes out and he gets it done. So let's talk about one of the biggest battles in the entire game. Carverius Ward versus DK Metcalf. Ding, ding, showdown. Carverius Ward traveled with DK last time. DK's coming into this game, and he's going to be fired up because 
he does not like the fact that Ty- uh, that Traverius Ward had his number. I mean, Ward was all over DK Metcalf. Every single deep throw, Traverius Ward was right there. And nothing was successful. Traverius Ward had great success limiting the effectiveness of DK Metcalf. He had four catches for 44 yards. That's great. That's the number one receiver for that team. That's the explosive threat. There were no explosives in that game besides the Jackson Smith and Jigba catch over Diameter Lenore. Other than that, Seattle was completely limited. And they're completely limited because of Traverius Ward's ability to line up on the best receiver and battle it out. He did it last week against A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown is a way better route runner uh, than D.K. Metcalf. Metcalf's abilities are pretty, you know, basic. Uh, he goes down the field vertically very well. He can run some, some deep posts. He can run some deep crossers. Uh, but getting in and out of his break consistently, breaking things off, he's not the best, which means corners have the opportunity to drive on the football and get to the football. And we've seen Charverius Ward had two opportunities for interceptions in that game. He also had two other opportunities to tip the ball back to other 49ers for interceptions in the game. Traverius Ward was all over him. He was literally in his hip pocket. Wherever DK Metcalf went, Traverius Ward was there. So you told me that you saw Traverius Ward on the Seahawks sideline handing DK Metcalf Gatorade while the 49ers offense was on the field. I'd believe you because he was just everywhere that DK Metcalf was. It was absolutely phenomenal to see. That's exactly why the 49ers went out and they got Charvarius Ward. For situations like this, you're a big physical corner who can go out there and compete one-on-one with the likes of DK Metcalf. And right, what's the first goal of every single team is to win their division? Well, if you have to slow down DK Metcalf, what better option than Mooney Ward? And he played it to a T. He still was able to be very effective in helping come up and stop the run and tackling on screens and still limit the effectiveness of DK down the field. Because if the Seattle Seahawks aren't able to get explosives with DK Metcalf, it does limit the effectiveness of their offense. Because once he does that, he alters the makeup of how a defense plays against him. Either he continues to beat them, or they adjust and put a safety over the top. If that happens, what does that do? It radiates through the rest of your defense. Because next thing you know, uh, Ambry Thomas on the other side can't get the help that you necessarily want to give him against potentially a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or... Yamaru Lenore can't get underneath help, or he can't get help to the inside by a safety because they're going to help DK Metcalf, and now he's one-on-one in the middle of the field with Tyler Lockett or Jackson Smith and Jigba. They can find ways to create openings once you have to give extra attention to DK Metcalf. You don't have to give extra attention because Charverius Ward takes him away. It makes it easier for your defense to be successful. So uh, this is a huge matchup in this game, Charverius Ward versus DK Metcalf. Metcalf is going to be highly motivated. Uh, Traverius Ward was in his kitchen the whole time. But I think Ward is highly motivated to prove to this league that he's a top cornerback. I think a lot of people have been sleeping on Mooney Ward, but he had a great performance against DK two weeks ago. He had a great performance against A.J. Brown last week. He you know, follows that up with another great performance against DK Metcalf. There's going to be no denying how good Traverius Ward is and how, how much he means to this defense because that's just going to make it easier for everyone else. Makes it easier for everyone in coverage, which also means it makes it easier for everyone who's rushing the passer. So that's a significant matchup in this game. Another one, Abraham Lucas versus Nick Bosa. And this is one I think the 49ers can exploit. I know Abraham Lucas is a good player, but he's coming off of injury. He's still limited in practice every single day. 
and Nick Bosa is absolutely explosive off the line of scrimmage. We've seen Bosa get to midseason form now. He's definitely in shape after his holdout. He looks spectacular. His hands are great. His explosion is great. He's using his hips. He looks really, really good. And I think this is a matchup the 49ers can take advantage of. Bosa being one-on-one with Lucas, the Seattle Seahawks almost have to put Bosa sometimes one-on-one because they just got to show attention to other people. And they have some matchups on the interior defensive line. I'm sure they don't want to leave wide open for Hargrave to be able to get home. Or potentially, we'll see what the 49ers do. I mean, without Armstead, we could see more of the turbo package this time. We could see more Chase Young inside or Randy Gregory inside or Cleveland Farrell inside. More of that Arden key role with Eric Armstead out. Make sure you get your best pass rushers in the game. And a lot of times that means an extra edge guy. So this is the week we could really see that happen for the San Francisco 49ers with Armstead out. So third and long situations could be really, really great. But Bosa, if he wins this matchup consistently, it's just going to make it easier for everyone else. If they have to start giving help, all of a sudden Kenneth Walker has to stay in the backfield to help. All of a sudden Noah Fan has to stay in the backfield to help. All of a sudden they have to give a slide protection and give extra help with the guard. That makes a one-on-one situation for Hargrave or for Chase Young or for the other defensive lineman, whoever that may be. These types of things have ripple effects. At Bosa's ability to beat Lucas one-on-one is going to be a big reason why. And I expect him to get victories against Abe Lucas. Even though I'm, I, I like the player, I think Lucas is a phenomenal talent. He has definitely been struggling since coming back from injury. He does not look the same guy that we saw at times last year. This is a prime time for Nick Bosa to go in and absolutely take advantage of the opportunity to beat Abe Lucas one-on-one. And I think he's going to do it. And because of that, I think the interior 49ers defensive line versus the Hawks interior O-line is going to be one of the most fun matchups to watch because you have Kinlaw, Givens, Hargrave, and Kalia Davis uh, on the inside. There are a lot of big bodies, but I mean, a lot of low-to-the-ground guys besides Kinlaw. That's one of the most interesting things is these guys are going to have to deal with that on the inside. And Anthony Bradford and Evan Brown, the center, those are the guys I think that they have to protect the most. Well, if Anthony Bradford's helping with Abraham Lucas because Nick is giving problems, you're going to get one-on-one matchups with Damian Lewis and Javon Hargrave or Evan Brown on whoever the other D lineman is. Like I said, third and long situations, probably going to be a turbo package. You're going to see an extra edge defender. I, I wonder if the 49ers go nine defensive linemen again and they put Robert Beal. Could we see Robert Beal for the first time as well? bringing a speed element to the 49ers defense. It could happen. Uh, So to me, this is going to be a fun matchup. That interior defensive line versus interior offensive line has a couple of things, not just in pass, uh, but also in run as well. Because talked about Fred and Dre earlier. You have to make sure you keep those offensive linemen away from your linebackers, which means you have to win. And Kevin Givens and uh, Devon Kinlaw at times have struggled with double teams. Now, Kinlaw is a lot better this year. He keeps his pad level lower, but that's because he played less snaps. Probably going to play more snaps in this football game than he played for sure last week where he only played 22. He's going to play a lot more snaps, so he's going to have to make sure he keeps his pad level low and battle and defeat those double teams. That's going to be paramount. If these defensive linemen start getting beat and pushed back into the linebackers, then the, the run game for the Seattle Seahawks could be effective. And if that happens, like we've talked about before, it opens up everything else 
for the Seattle Seahawks offense. And let's be honest, the Hawks are going to give everything they have, every single ounce of energy. They're going to leave it on the field because they know there may not be another opportunity to be able to get to the playoffs. If they don't beat 49ers, they don't beat Eagles, the likelihood is they're out. They're going to be sitting at home in January watching everybody else play. And Pete Carroll has too much pride for that. That team has too much pride for that. Uh, so I expect to see their best. I expect to see them running the football. I expect to see them using some play-action pass. And let's see. Let's see if this 49ers defense can match up against the Seattle Seahawks. I do think matchups favor the 49ers because they're very talented and how they go about uh, attacking opposing offenses. And I think they're going to limit the effectiveness of Kenneth Walker. I think Tarverius Ward is going to have more success against DK Metcalf. Now remember, they've had two two times where they've went against each other uh, over the last two matchups. In the playoffs, DK Metcalf got to Tarverius Ward, including a big explosive touchdown down the field. This last time, he got nothing. So here we go. It's the rubber match. What's going to happen? Will Tarverius Ward defeat DK Metcalf? Will Metcalf be able to get these explosive plays? going to be a lot of fun 49ers versus Seahawks is always just a great matchup can't wait for it I hope you guys are looking forward to it as well like and subscribe to the video if you haven't already on the push for 4k and if you're listening to audio platform four years cut back on believe please give it a five star rating I appreciate it of course more content coming this coming your way this week game preview show still coming but the key matchups in this game there's still some more that we haven't talked about believe it or not and also bold predictions, followed up by my game prediction. Who's going to win this game? Are the 49ers going to completely end anything for the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West? Are they going to put them down? Or are the Seahawks going to you know, have a big-time game and potentially knock off the 49ers and extend their hopes of making the playoffs? Hope you guys will come back and join me for the game preview show. But I hope you guys all have a good one. Until then, stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49ers.